0: everybody, my name is Doug Arman, in case you don't know me. I just want to welcome you to our service here at the Little Creek Campus. I want to welcome you to part four of our series entitled Fight For. Can we welcome all of our campuses right now and those that are watching online? So grateful to have all of you with us. So we are really blessed to have some great friends with us today. And I'm going to introduce, uh, introduce Laura and Lee uh, Domain, they are dear, dear friends. Let me just get right to it. So Lee Domain is an entrepreneur for over 34 years. He's a dad. Of course, Laura's a mom. They are both grandparents, and that's some good-looking grandparents right there, if I do say yeah. so myself. I think they look amazing. And one of the best cool. parts about them is they are avid LSU fans. Can I hear a good amen <laughs> for that? Woo! They live in Alabama, but they're LSU fans. And so they're people, you know, they're missionaries, actually. We'll talk about that in a little while. After, After... <laughs> After founding AppOne, a national finance tech company acquired by a multi-billion dollar company 10 years later, Lee served as CEO until retiring in 2011. During that time, Lee committed to help business leaders live out their legacy by partnering through their local church. They are local church people through and through, and we're very grateful for that. Lee brings inspiration and practical strategies for pastors and business leaders to understand their significant eternal return on investment, or what he calls E-R-O-I, that their relationship creates to build the kingdom of God, leveraging the relationships in the business world to advance God's kingdom. It's a beautiful picture. Lee has also authored several books, Stay in Your Lane, Pearls of the King, and the Family Meeting Guide that they'll be talking a little bit about in their message today, Lee and Laura live in Birmingham, Alabama, and they have five children, and they are referred to as Boss and Lovey by their seven beautiful grandchildren. Can we stand to our feet right now on Little Creek Campus and warmly welcome Lee and Laura Domey. Y'all give it up. Come on. Thank you,
1: brother. Love you. Love you. Love you.
0: Come on, church. Let's give
1: it up for Jesus. You guys be seated. It's a great day to be in the house of God, and it's even... the most amazing day to be in the great state back home of Louisiana. Um, we went, yeah. Pastor Randy and Diane Craighead took us to uh, some great restaurant last night. I can tell you what, it didn't taste like Birmingham, Alabama. It was heaven. <laughs> and so uh, my cholesterol went up 500 points, but it was all good in Jesus' name. And, uh, but just I love your church. And uh, Laura and I have known Pastor Steve and Jennifer for a really long time. Um, and I was remembering the first time I ever met Pastor Steve, he came to my house in Baton Rouge for a Bible study. And uh, this church had not started yet, and he was uh, doing a student's ministry called Next Generation, and uh, which some of you are very familiar with. But I met this guy, and uh, I was like, man, this guy's smart. He's sharp. And so we started nicknaming him the Blonde Bishop. And uh, somebody, <laughs> He is the Blonde Bishop, y'all, yes. if you know Pastor Steve. And uh, but. He, we became very close friends, and um, we've seen them both in private and in public, and we love their heart for people. We love their heart for this church. And um, Pastor Steve is just a, to me, when you, when you think of Pastor Steve and Jennifer, they're extremely loyal people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went through a very tough season uh, in our lives many years ago, and it was Pastor Steve and Jennifer that said, hey, guys, why don't y'all come on over And hang out with us for a little bit. And they loved on us and fed us really well. And uh, I would say it this way. You know, in watching him lead through disasters and hurricanes, just all those kind of dynamics. Pastor Steve works best when many people will run away from something that's a challenge. He's going to run to it. And that's a gift you have uh, as your pastor. Uh, You don't want fair weather, friends. You want people that are going to be with you in the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else. And so... He is just a, uh, a gift to the body of Christ and, and Jennifer as well. So, um, but we, we do live in Birmingham, yes. Alabama. Um, it's kind of funny. God has a sense of humor. Right. Um, after kind of retired from business, took a couple of years off and spoke at Church of the Highlands there. And we fell in love with the church and actually the city. And I felt like I was committing a sin because <laughs> I don't like Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm an LSU through and through, and like I bleed purple and gold. So, so watch this. It was like we get there, and it kind of hit me. It's like, Laura, it's like we're on a mission field, and it's like we're reaching an unreached people group. And uh, one of those, like, it's like we're in Afghanistan trying to bring the gospel. We're trying to bring that purple and gold love, and, you know, and I'm I'm just glad we won last year. Can I get an amen? I was tired of losing, but... Being a Cajun and born and raised here, uh, my wife and I, we've been married, it'll be 34 years in yes. uh, this July, and really? yeah, that's a, if you knew me, that's a miracle, and, um, but she's a jewel, and we met uh, in 1987, uh, got engaged in 1988, and uh, got a picture of our whole crew, our family, oh, right here, look at that engagement picture, y'all, look, I was six foot four with that hair. And I'm still That's trying wild. to find where I left that hair because I'd like some of it back. Can I get an amen? But Laura and I got engaged. <laughs> she was in the Miss Texas pageant. And, uh, <sighs> and so uh, I'm thinking, I said to myself, self, you better close this deal because if she wins, she's gone. She ain't going to settle for you. She's going to marry some kind of British royalty or some <laughs> count from some foreign country no. and, uh, or, or chic or no. something like that. And I was like, so? I closed the deal the night before, and we got engaged, and, uh, you know, my wife is uh, no- notorious for a lot of things as a planner, and she's going to get to that here in a uh, minute, but we also got a picture of our, uh, our kids. That's our whole, our whole family there, so four and loves I uh, got my daughter, Bella, right there on the left, and then four sons, um, and all love God. Uh, we're not a family who is perfect. We're a work in progress. If you wanted to label and put a street sign out in front of our family, it would be under construction, okay? We're not, we hadn't arrived, but we're going to share with you some principles that has helped us not only survive, but thrive. Because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I didn't, my beginning of my life was not a storybook moment or a storybook journey. It was more like a horror movie. And, uh, you know, I was ups and downs. My relationship with God was, uh, was not this straight line of just perfection that I had this aha moment and everything changed. It was like I was hanging in there and it was zigging and zagging and it was peaks and valleys. But again, if we don't quit, we win. If we don't quit, we win. I was talking to Pastor Randy earlier and... Uh, And sharing something with them it's like you know in life. I think we need to our jobs to simply be faithful in the pursuit Of God and we got to trust him with the outcome I think too many of us try to focus on the outcomes and you know as a family and in this series of fight for a Family fight for a marriage fight for your faith fight for your business. It takes a lot of intentionality It takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of forgiveness it takes a lot of second chances, and, uh, but if we don't quit, we win. And uh, evidently, our kids aren't, they're just being fruitful, multiplying, they're just having kids left and right. And uh, <laughs> so we got the latest one, we just, uh, this is a fresh picture right off the press. That is, look, that is Charlotte Drew Domang with the do-rag and a bikini. And uh, she's, she's about nine months, I think, Laura, yes. is that right? right, uh-huh. And so um, she is just such a little joy bringer to our family and just, uh, I love, I just love little babies. They just, to me, they just, it's the cutest thing. So the answer she gets is yes, you can have whatever you want. And uh, so I'm boss and my wife is lovey. Um, That came about by your first grandchild is going to name you exactly what they want. And so that's dangerous. And so as a control freak and as somebody who's trying to control the situation, I'm trying to bribe my first granddaughter. Look, honey, it's Pops. Pops. Here's some candy. Say it one more time. Pops. Here's two. Pops. Here's a dollar. Pops. Whatever you want. As long as you say Pops, not Peepaw, not some lame name. I said, (laughs) don't be bringing that in the house. I said, or you can call me Colonel. I'll take that one. No. So Laura shut that down. So so, so we're sitting there, and she runs up to me one day, and she simply says, because she can't enunciate, pops. But what she said was just the voice of God. She simply just comes out and says, boss, boss, boss. And I'm like, yes, I I am boss. I look at her. I said, I am boss. She's like, no, you're not.
2: (laughs) I was like... Evelyn, no, no, no. We can't feed into this. Just not call him boss. Pops. She's like, boss. I was like, oh
1: And I love it. Yeah. So, so I'm boss. She's loving. Yeah. And we love in life. That's right. But tell him about your uh your journey as this just amazing planner. Yes. Yes. Tell us yes. about that.
2: So um I don't know if any of you guys like to plan things if you're a planner, but let's just say I had so many plans, and um, I knew once I became a Christian, I knew the, the Lord has a plan for me, and I was like, this sounds really great, but Lord, just in case you're wondering, here's a good plan for me also. I can help you with this. You were God's consultant. I was. I thought he might need a little help, and I had good ideas, and I thought that we were going to run with those, but uh, it was really funny when he, like, when he said when we got engaged, I actually said, he said, you know, marry me. I was like, oh. Yes, I will. I will marry you in five years. That's what I told him. I was,
1: had my foot in the door, y'all.
2: I can't believe I said that. But in my mind, I was like, no, no, I have to get these things done. You know, we've got to plan this out. And so we get married a year and a half later. Um, yes, got married a year and a half later.
1: I closed the deal, y'all.
2: He did. So we got married a year and a half later and so I said, Okay, when we get married five I don't know what I had with five years, but there was probably an issue. But anyway, I said five years we'll have kids. You know, I'm really young, you're youngish, I'm really young. <laughs> <laughs> and I what you know, we need to be a little older and <laughs> and so three months into her, our marriage, I'm I'm pregnant. Uh-huh. And we have our first baby three days after our first anniversary. So
1: we we're that like, came from a big family, Cajun family. You have a lot of kids, we're just like, Glory to God, come on! And she's just like crying, oh, My plan has just been wrecked. It's so
2: true. And I was like, You know. But what what it really took me, I guess I'm a little slow learner, it took me a few times to realize that, you know what, and then once we had the baby, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Why would I, you know, doubt God's plan, and why would I want to just insist on my own and be so disappointed when my plans don't come true? When I'm like, you know, if if I just can lean into the fact that the Lord has my days for me. He has everything written out, and, and all I need to do is just trust Him with my plan and when once I really really did that our lives became yeah. so much better and so much more fun and I had so much more peace and and it's been amazing what God's done and obviously his plans are so much better than ours and we know that but it's time we it, it really take had a
1: little... to do it a, 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 even in both of our lives is releasing control right. is when God moved yeah. when we release control in trying to every situation and uh God moved then. Right. And it's kind of like, I think when we get to heaven, he's going to say, you know, we've been playing checkers a long time, and I've just been waiting on you to move when you all this time were waiting for me to move. And God's going to say, I already moved a long time ago. Right. And so to not miss that point, because God can have, you know, a different plan than what we first thought, right? And he can turn it. And so she no longer uses the number five ever. (laughs) <laughs> in anything right
2: right exactly no you know I, I've learned that that the Lord he he just he is such a better planner than I am yeah. and even with you know with with our kids and grandbabies and they're like well, we're gonna try and wait you know to have kids or we're gonna do this and this is our plan and I just oh, think oh you're so cute good luck with that <laughs> Good luck with yeah. that. Yeah,
1: you're going to get some audibles called. There's going to be curveballs, knuckleballs, fastballs, all kind of stuff. And so it's just to be able to say, you know what, God, you've got this. And, and I think one of the things that, that, that we've learned, and we decided both a long time ago, and again, we started out, our marriage was a wreck. Like, we separated for a while. It mm-hmm. wasn't going to make it. Uh, but God has the final say. Mm-hmm. And um, But we decided years ago. Laura, that we were going to choose daily, and you have to do this, by the way, daily. It's not one and done and you're fixed. Right. It's daily right. that you've got to be 100% for each other. Now, in the morning and at noon and in the afternoon, you may be 20% for each other, 80%, <laughs> 60%, 1%, but at the end of the day, you got to realize and resolve yourself to say, you know what? Mm-mm. We're going to choose daily. We, we are really kind of a team, and we have to make choices first, and then feelings will follow. Right. I think so many times as we're, we're moving off of a field, rather than, no, 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 I'm making a choice. Right. And, uh, you know, marriage really reveals, honestly, uh, what we're already weak in. Marriage will reveal that. You're thinking, oh, if I could marry that person, it's going to be amazing,
2: but no, yet, it's not. But yes, there you are. <laughs> it's going to be, yeah,
1: it's going to reveal the things that are weak in us. Right. And you may be here today and say, Lee, you know, you talk about marriage and family. Well, you know, I'm single. I don't care if you're single, if you're a blended family, if you are um, a student or you're a grandparent. There is still an active part for you to play in not only fighting for your family, your faith, but also fighting for your legacy. Because there's something that you've gone through in your life. There's some no hair and some gray hair in this room right now. There's some wisdom in this room that needs to translate on down a generation or two. Because they don't know what they don't know. And if you, you gain fulfillment when you really give your life away. But for us, we were constantly in the beginning of our marriage, constantly correcting each other. Almost exacting each other like in every situation. And I wrote this down. I said, you know, consistent correction is a desire killer. You want to sap the passion out of a relationship, out of even an employee, out of a marriage, out of any situation where two or more people are involved? Consistently correct. And it is a desire killer. And for your marriage, not your employee, it's hard to kiss the lips of somebody that chew you out every day. (laughs) Hello. And so there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So you got to choose. You know what? I'm going to hold back one second. Hold up, swole up. I'm going to hold back one second. Some of you got that here. Especially if you're Cajun, you know what I'm talking about. But you have to hold up and say, you know what? I'm going to pause on that one second. Is it life-giving? If I have the ability to speak life into a situation, why would I want to tear down who I've got the most at risk if things go bad? But rather, right. she could speak life into me like nobody else can. And then, but when it's constant correction, it just saps our relationship. Right. So we chose to be on a team.
2: Right. I think we had, to, we had to come to a realization when we were constantly correcting and combative with each other constantly, you know, you need to do this. And if you did, we were, one day we were like, you know what? We're on the same team. Like, we, we are not opposing each other, we are on the same team. You know, if, if I fail, he, he has so much to lose if I fail. I have so much to lose if he fails. Like we are together on yeah. the team and we're allies. And you know, the thing about allies is that you are you just you are experts in their strengths. And when you're enemies and you're looking at each other like you're not on the same team and you're constantly combative, you're experts in the weaknesses. And I find you bring those up, you know, you did this wrong again, and yeah. one more time, you did this. And I feel, and once we realized we're allies, we're on the same team, everything started to turn around that, you know, we, we, yeah. we can make it through when we're together.
1: You know, I think about this scripture, a life, kind of a scripture for us, and this, there's some of you, you've brought in. You know, you're thinking about mistakes that you've done in the past, and man, you know, I'm too far gone. I've done this or I've done that. Maybe you know, it's been a, a, a divorce or maybe there's been a business dynamic or failure or maybe you did something in, in a situation where, uh, with within your own family or different relationships. And let me share this promise with you, and it's in Isaiah 61:7. And Isaiah 61:7 says this: It says, instead of your former shame. You shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double what they forfeited. Everlasting joy will be theirs. That's a promise from God. So when the enemy always tries to bring up your past to determine your future. But God doesn't do that. God says, you know what? Mm -mm. I don't want you to be operating in shame of your past. I want you to say this, and I I remember we had gone through some tough times and, and, and the enemy would put thoughts in our, you know, you're disqualified because you did this. And we had a saying, oh no, we're speaking the double portion blessing of God to that situation. We're calling in the double portion of blessing. So when when the enemy wants to come in and say, oh, no, 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 God's gonna bring a double portion blessing in my life. Yeah, I may have made a mistake way back when, but no, 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 I serve the God of the second chance and the third chance, amen? And so faith started to rise, because the thing about shame is it keeps you stuck. And shame keeps you in repetitive bondage and sin rather than being set free and God wants us to be free from our yesterdays so that we can impact today and tomorrow. Right. I
2: think a lot of us we're talking about yesterday and tomorrow. Sometimes we we we're in a different seasons go by really quick and you look back and you're like, "Oh, you know, I can't wait till Till we can, you know, our marriage is better. I can't wait until, you know, these kids that, you know, that are driving me crazy, they all go to school. And then, and then I can't wait till they get in a car and drive. And you're like, no. You it's going to help your
1: prayer life. Though. You don't want
2: that. <laughs> you think you want these things. You're constantly wishing away all these seasons. But what I've learned over the years that if we don't embrace the season we're in, these seasons pass by and they don't come back. You don't yeah. get to you don't get to redo them, but I, we've learned like let us embrace the season. It's kind of tough. It's not that it's not maybe about to be my favorite season, but I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it and I'm gonna take hold
1: of it. Yeah. And there's unique situations to everyone in this room, yeah. and we we totally get that. And um, you know whether it's a blended family, single family, kids are grown. Mm-hmm. You simply start with where you're at with what you have. Some of you you don't have kids. You're single. Man, you can be uh, a mentor to a young person you can coach that little league team and it's not about baseball it's about you building confidence and being Jesus to these people and using your influence to actually change someone's life and potentially change a generation by giving your life away so all of us have a role to play you say well Lee I'm not married I don't you know uh, but you have a role to play and it's a critical role And Laura and I are going to share six things, if you're taking notes. She's going to share the first three, and then I'm going to share three of things that we have uh, instituted and actually have worked for us. And it's not so much in you believing what we say as much as what we've done and the fruit from it. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want to know what somebody thinks as much as what they've done. And if they've thought it and learned it, but yet they've lived it, there's a different dynamic to that because they've actually... Have almost an authority in that. And we are by no means experts in marriage, family. Again, we're a work in progress. But here's six things that we've applied and given you some context and stories that I think if you uh, learn them and apply them, it will help you fight for family, fight for faith, fight for business, and fight for your marriage.
2: I think uh, these are going to be super practical, but again, we've learned these over the years, and a lot of these we've learned by making the mistakes, by not doing them right and wishing, you know, going back and being like, ah, kid one, two, three, wish we would have known this. (laughs) Well, there's there's only
1: two ways, there's only two ways to do something, the right way and again. (laughs) There's only two ways to do it, the right way, and you know what, let's go at it again. Right. And do it the second time. Right.
2: Well, so number one, I would say to be present. Uh, we all, we know this, but these little uh, iPhones, iPads, they're so addicting. You just want to just keep checking things. And and I think that if we could put that down and give our kids some focused attention, that is, it, it, it plays a lot more to like you're important you're valuable I this can wait it's not that you know everyone can look at their phone but let's just put it away for a little bit let's wait during dinner let's put it away um and and one thing we've noticed with our kids that if they're if they're not talking to you if they become silent and they kind of cut off a lot of communications other than grunts and I'm hungry and what's for dinner if they don't do that there's a problem and so you want to set aside some time for that communication to be stirred back up.
1: And it may be awkward at first where you're just kind of looking at each other. <laughs> and, you know, but it's, 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 you know, how many, how many of our kids are, how was your day? Oh, it's fine. How was school? Yeah, right. fine. You know, do you have any tests? No. One son never had tests. Other, other brother in class, same classes. Oh, we have like five tests. Oh, no, I don't have tests. I'm amazing. going to bed.
2: He never had homework. Yeah, ever. he never had homework. Ever.
1: Yeah, and he was in the same class. And, uh, so <laughs> it
2: was amazing. Yeah. Or they, they, anyway, woo, that's another story. Yeah. We've had, all our kids are so different and so unique and some of them incredibly challenging and, you know, every gray hair I'm pretty sure I have is, you know, that, and then the other kids, you know, we had grace and they all, they all are different, very, very different. But anyway, number two, I would say is be intentional. Um, set aside time that you aren't rushed and busy and that you can really focus on them and, and do things like, th- this is what I found with the four boys especially, is that if you have food, they will come. Yeah. Um, they suddenly are less busy. If you cook something, it doesn't have to be fancy, it doesn't have to be wonderful, but if you just have food and have a bunch of it, they come and all of a sudden, all of a sudden their friends will come. And we, we would invite them over and be like, hey, you know, because we want to know their friends. Yeah. And ultimately, we want to be in the room with them. We don't have to be all up in the middle and correcting or anything, but we can just be nearby and kind of observing and getting to know their friends. And that's been really invaluable for us with the boys, especially Uh, those other boys would come around and they'd say, well, you know, we don't, you know, there's no food at my house or we don't eat. You know, there's my mom, my parents aren't home ever, and I just have to kind of figure things out. And he was shocked that we would actually do something like that. And so that was such a yeah. ministering moment for my kids, you know, with them. But um, we eat, to get, eat dinner regularly if, as, as often as you can. I know schedules are crazy and everyone's doing different things, but try and schedule some time where you are actually looking at each other and eating, um, not them taking their food to their room yeah. to watch a movie or finish home homework. That's what my kids were always like. I got to go do homework. I come in there playing video games. I'm like, oh, what's this? Anyway, uh, but they um, let them, you know, so they'd be with you instead of it alone. We
1: actually got real intentional. Give you one practical thing. One practical thing in that is we moved from a regular square, like round, uh, yeah. a farm table for dinner, uh, for our meals to a round table. Not that it looked better because it didn't, but we went to a round table so yeah. that we would force everybody to look at each other. And then because over a period of time, you got to start, you sitting there staring at each other and you can only go so long eating <laughs> whatever you are eating. And the person's looking at you and nobody's saying anything. And so we would just put these questions out there. Well, yeah, tell me about how your day was, you know, exactly. Well, will elaborate a little bit on that. Tell me about this. And we would stop rather than dictate and we would listen. And over a period of weeks, Not hours, not days, weeks, the dam started to crack. And then all of a sudden, they would start sharing with us dynamics and sharing with us different things going on. And it was like, oh, and we're kicking each other under the table, like, shut up, don't say nothing. Here it comes, here it comes. And And some of it wasn't too pretty either, but it was like, okay, game face. I can't freak out because we're sharing.
2: Yeah, that'll make fix your face. I'd be like, kicking, fix your face. He's like, because he's like, what? And you're like, you can't do that. Just, just, oh, yeah, okay. Really? No big deal. Really? And you're, like, freaking out inside yeah. that they're sharing this. And you're like, and one time one of our kids shared something, I said, do you even know what that means? And he was like, I do. Do you? <laughs> I was like, yes. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, you have to, because you want them, if you freak out in in either shock and horror of what they're saying to you, or if you start to say, what, don't you ever, and you start correcting that it's shut down, you're done. They're not going to share deep these things with you anymore. They know, ah, that's the limit, mom's freaking out, and I'm also getting in trouble.
1: Is it a safe place? Yeah. Is it a safe place? And one thing on friends, that's really, really critical. My pastor says, show me your friends, i show you your future. And they will, their friends are going to have an impact. Like, we don't allow, we wouldn't allow our kids over a long period of time to have to do sleepovers. Something goes south, many times it's at someone else's house. Something goes south, they do something. It's, it's, it's that separation. So we were super intentional at a young age that we wanted people to come over to our house. Right. And didn't have to cost you a lot of money, but create a moment because if your kid's, don't want to bring someone over, this is worth writing down, it's either because they're embarrassed about the kid or embarrassed about what happens at the home. And I know that's heavy, but we got to break through that because we got to know who's influencing our kids. And it's worth it to disrupt a little bit of that, create those moments, feed them what they want, don't hawk over them, we would kind of hide out. You know, and then we got a TV one time that said, this is your kind of a TV room. And you sit there and go, man, that's a lot of money to spend for a TV. How much more does it cost to have something that's broken that we got to repair in relationship? So when you're a parent, look at what you're investing in your kids, not as an expense, but as an investment. Does that make sense, guys?
3: Yeah. Amen. Good.
2: Um, I think... I think also one of the last super practical thing is I would be the uh, here I would be the last person that talked to them before they went to bed after their phone was put up computers put away homework done whatever we're the last one to tell them good night and that simple thing has brought so much peace to my children Um, I know there's you know anxiety is something that kids really really struggle with and I think something about the parent being the last one being steady sharing, saying I love you you're protected you know whatever you want to say the last few moments of the night pray say say good night but it's it's a it's a calming thing for them and a uh, real quick funny story my son uh my fourth son uh, one day we were there, and his brothers were all there, and he's, you know, big, tough athlete, 6'3". You know, he's he's so cool and everything. And they, one time he was going, he's like, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to go up to bed. And his brothers were all there, and everyone in the kitchen. He looked at me, he goes, hey, Mom, are you going to come, you know, like tuck me in or whatever? <laughs> and his brothers were like, what? Tuck you in? How old are you? He was like, "He said, like, I didn't really tuck him in, but what he meant was, like come talk to me, and I said, "Oh yeah, sure." But I, I was shocked that he one he knew his brothers were gonna harass him relentlessly about that, and he didn't care. He was like, "No, I feel like I can't go to sleep until I talk to one of you." I, like that's what it, it it gives it brings me peace to yeah. do that before I go to sleep. And I was like, "Okay." So little things like that that you know mean can mean a lot down the road. So good. Um, but number three is make yourself available. Um, kind of along the lines what we've been talking about is schedule interaction time with them and I don't want to say schedule like a doctor's appointment but in my mind I would be like alright they're going to be home from after football and after this or whatever after band practice we've got three hours I'm going to try yeah. to not be completely consumed with you know work calls or whatever I'm going to try and do that and then, um, when, it, during that time, when you're having conversation with them, a lot of times, it, you know, everybody's so busy that they're like, Oh yeah, I remember you didn't clean up your room. You're not get, you know, you didn't do this this week. So you find yourself correcting them during this time. And I would try, what I would try to do is like every, for every correction, I would do two positive things. To try and keep it in balance, so it didn't feel like yeah. they're avoiding time with you because they know you're going to catch up on all the things that they haven't done yet, or your room's a mess, and your this is a disaster. You yeah. need to fix this. And so when you're doing that, when you're adding the positive things in, they're not like, oh, here it comes. And what? that
1: goes that goes for marriage too. Yeah, you know, really? even even in in relationship, and it's really about creating an environment to to con- connect with them. Mm. Um, number four is don't buy into this and I'd say even as bold to say it's not really even shouldn't be the goal I think it's I think it's kind of deceptive that um, to buy into this happy happy life or happy happy goal Um, you know I wrote this down it's like the goal is not your kid's happiness the goal is for them to love Jesus the goal for them is to seek God the goal for them is to love family love their siblings um, and to serve others And in this, in a society that's really so focused on serving itself, is man, the real fulfillment comes. Think about, and you, this church has gone over and above serving this community and this state and even Mm -hmm. around the world. You're known for a serve mentality. Think about when you've helped someone when hurricanes hit. Think about when you've helped someone and you've been a blessing to them. There's just something that happens on the inside of us that is so fulfilling. Yeah, it's hard, sweaty work, but it's something that just, I think God's wired us that way. And so to be able to teach our kids and model that, that and we tell our kids, our kids will say, you know, what's the three things that we believe? What's the three things that we're going to do in every situation? Be thankful, be <laughs> grateful, and extend gratitude. Well, my coach didn't play me the other day, Dad. Be thankful, be grateful, extend gratitude. That teacher really doesn't like me, man. In my English yeah. paper, she gave me an F. I thought it was a great paper. Be thankful, be grateful, extend gratitude. It keeps mm-hmm. you in the tree of life and not taking the bait that the enemy wants to do to rob you and get you to sabotage your life. Right. So let's be a people who are thankful, grateful, grateful. And extend gratitude number five our goal is not perfect kids that will set you up for a lot of stress pain and division sure we expect our kids to forgive each other and love each other and pray together so we try to model that but our kids man if you looked at our journey if they did a mini series on our life there would be a lot of junk in the trunk <laughs> and in the beginning of our marriage, our kids making poor decisions, but we didn't quit. We, we sat there, and it was painful at different moments and times, and we were like, you know what? This isn't who you are. Right. And we were speaking in faith because it was who they were. <laughs> like, that decision you made, that's not who you are. God has set you apart. And speaking words of life and faith, they need to hear that because they're not hearing that. From the rest of the world. And so we just said, you know what? It's not about perfection. It's about being intentional. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget when, you know, we would get our kids together. And this is another practical thing. You can start doing if you have kids. If you have grandkids, do it with your grandkids mm-hmm. when you're around them. But get them together. Before they go to bed, we wouldn't have prayer in someone's room. We would get Everybody in the living room and say, because we had a lot of kids, so we'd say, hey, everybody, gather around. It's prayer time. I don't want you to miss this. And we would ask each child, hey, Harrison, Winston, Grace, and Ashton, Bella, you need to share, be prepared to share one thing you're believing God for. You need prayer for And so Bella was a little girl. She would say, butterflies and popsicles. And we were like, praise God for butterflies and popsicles. And then, because it's all age different, right? And then the boys are praying, you know, pray I get 150 yards rushing in the football game tomorrow. Or pray that my teacher starts liking me and giving me better grades. It's not a, there's no wrong prayer request. What we were trying to do is model with them what everyone was praying for, because then we would throw this curveball. Okay, Harrison, you pray tonight for every one of the prayer needs. So what happened? He has to be listening and engaged because he doesn't know if daddy's going to call on him and say, hey, you praying tonight.
2: (laughs) No fogging out.
1: No, no fogging out. out. And so they (laughs) were sitting there going, okay, and a couple of them, they were like writing it down so they could remember because we wanted them engaged. But watch this. When I was on a business trip trying to close a bank on our technology, Laura and those kids were praying while I was gone. And so it was creating equity in our family. So when I'm gone or Laura's gone, they don't hate what we do for a living because they're a part of it. So they don't hate if you're in ministry, the fact that you got to be in ministry or you're, a, let's say, if you were a physician or you're somebody that works a lot of hours, have your kids start being a part of your wins and your challenges and seeing God move. So when the deals got done in business, They celebrated, like, they truly believed it was my prayer as a 10-year-old that got that deal for you, Dad. And I wanted them to believe that. So then their faith rose. That's right. And then God, so what ends up happening is even in the forgiveness moments where I would say something sharp, where I would say something maybe I shouldn't have said to one of my kids, where I say something maybe I shouldn't have said to my wife, and I would go to them and say, you know what? I need to ask for your forgiveness. And you're trying to model to a 10-year-old, I'm so sorry that the way I talk to you and the tone I use. And watch this. That's not easy. And so you're sitting there going, "Oh, they'll get over it. They're just a little kid. They'll get over it. I'm telling you, you're sowing seeds. And so it was sowing seeds. And I remember looking at one of my boys and I said, son, I'm so sorry for the way I talk to you. I said, would you please forgive me? And they're so full of joy. They're like, Dad, of course, I forgive you. I love you, Dad. And then I took it a step further. Not every time, but I said, so why don't you pray with me? And so what I was trying to do was model for them, not perfection, but we know the one who is And that the pathway to forgiveness so that there's no junk when I make mistakes is in my life. Because I know I'm forgiven and I can go to Jesus and say, Lord, forgive me. And I can go to the person and say, you know what? Please forgive me. I was wrong in that situation. And then there was freedom that came. And there's safety in a safe environment that came. So our goal is not perfect kids. And we want to develop, number six, we want to develop a bond as a family. The world is going to try and dictate values. There's so much noise out there, so much noise. But the thing about it is, and I heard this quote in the Jesus Revolution film, which if you haven't seen it, you need to see it, it was amazing. Just stirred up fire back in me again. And it was like, the truth is quiet, lies are loud. And we're hearing so much deception and so many lies, so you've gotta develop a bond as a family. We had, and create an identity, who are we? And those of you with young kids or kids still at home, it was even something we did simple, driving our kids to school, or before they leave, if they're getting on a bus, hey boy, stick your hand in here. And they'd all put their hands in. I wasn't asking, I was telling. Hey, put your hand in here, we're Domangs. And on three, we're gonna do one, two, three, Domangs. And we did that as little kids. They did that all the way through high school, and last week, one of my sons sends me of his three little kids, four, three, and one, and they're putting their hands in over their table and saying, one, two, three, domains." There's an identity because the world is going to try and give them the wrong identity. They got to right. know, I'm a Craighead. I'm a Robinson. This is what we believe. Thanks. And it takes time to pour that in. You say, well, my kids are grown. Well, if you've got grandkids, start sowing into them and help them develop an identity right. no one has your back more than us as your parents we tell them we got your back ain't nobody love you more than than, than we love you and we're speaking that into them even then when they're not lovable and we want to choke them <laughs> and we're sitting there going you full of the devil I don't know where you got that from that may be maybe your mama side because that you know <laughs> not that any of y'all ever have those kind of moments <laughs> But we've got to be in a position where we're intentional, where we're present. I schedule my time with my uh, with certain kids like a calendar, like I'm going to my doctor, like it's important. I gotta block it off because my day will eat me alive, and I'll blink and the day's gone. So I gotta put that moment, and maybe it's an hour. I, my coach, my mentor, coach Bill McCartney, said this. He goes, "I said, coach, I don't have any more time." He goes, "What you mean you don't have any more time?" He goes, "Wake up an hour earlier." And I said, that's profound, but I do like my sleep. And so I, get, I usually have an early breakfast with, uh, with one of my children when I'm, a, when I'm able to do that. But I schedule it like a doctor's appointment. Or even this, let's treat our spouses, let's treat our children as though they're our number one biggest client. We'll drop everything to go after a client that's making money for us. We'll stop everything we can. But how much more is it worth our kids? I think about being in business 35 years, we would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in our employees to take them places, talk about vision, mission, values in the corporate world. And man, I got wrecked seven years ago. It's like, how, I'm doing all of this, but what about for my family? Like, shouldn't we have a meeting where we get together and we talk about vision, mission, values? Not dad and mom dictating it to them, but let them be a part of it. Let them be a part of building this because when you're collaborating, they're a part of it, they're going to buy into it. Because it wasn't dictation. They helped create it. And so we, we got together, and I'll never forget this. I sent formal invitations to all my kids. It was like a Fortune 100 company board meeting. I'm a little OCD. So I had packets, folders with everyone's name on it. We set an agenda. Laura and I had six questions they needed to come prepared to answer. And we had everything really nicely, neatly done. And I had somebody come in and take minutes of the actual meeting. It was in the boardroom of a hotel. Bella's nose was at the table. She had her own little packet with her name on it. I'm trying to model something. Don't lose this. And so we started doing our family meeting, and it was awkward. The first hour, I was like, this is a mistake. This is awkward. And then we got to this exercise. Where one of the questions is, what's one character trait that you admire in everyone in the room and why? It's an affirmations exercise and I don't know, I hadn't get any emo- excuse me <clears throat> but my kids started looking at each other and sometimes they don't like each other and they started looking at each other and they would say, man I appreciate this is a big brother talking to a little brother I appreciate, and they're grown now I appreciate you when I was being bullied in school you defended me. I appreciate you. The way you love mom. Excuse me. I appreciate the way that you're bold with your faith. And we start affirming each other, and three hours later, in two boxes of Kleenex. <laughs> a lot of and it's ugly crying, y'all.
2: Yeah. The thing is, is that we have, we felt when we started this meeting, we thought, well, we've had these talks. We've prayed together. I feel like we're, we're kind of, we're close. But there's something about having this question ahead of time and knowing this is the time to, to say these things. We had one of our kids, which they're really close friends, but he said he took that time to say, you know what? I never, uh, I didn't celebrate you in the way I should. I, instead, I, I became jealous of some of your success instead of celebrating you, and I need you to forgive me for that, and when I tell you, you could hear a pin drop, and these huge men are crying and saying, you know, it's healing, and yeah. it's a time where you can bring, I mean, that was so, so many years ago, and they brought that up, so. And
1: so the family meeting guide that Pastor Doug was talking about, all that is, guys, is a roadmap. Yeah. We were intimidated. We didn't know what we were doing. Then after a few years, we've been doing six, we did six years. It'll be our seventh year coming up. And we just created a roadmap. And it doesn't matter if you're blended family, single mom, single dad, doesn't matter uh, what age your kids are. There's a trek for you to follow. And that's all it is. It's just a simple guide. God's given everyone a stability. We're going to leave a legacy, but the type of legacy we leave is up to us. And, you know, we're going to pray here in a second. But I started thinking about this. I had four brothers and sisters growing up. There were five of us. See, my mom and dad divorced when we were in the third grade. I was a hellion. And i never forget my mom was in church praying. My mom prayed every day for me. And people would come and ask her in church because she sat on the front row, had everything together. But she had this one son that was a prodigal, and his name was Lee. And she's sitting there, and people would come up to her and say, Man, tell me how Martha Boo, we called my sister Boo. That's, a, that's South Louisiana. <laughs> Joey and Lydia, hey, how you? you? Know, how but she would never say anything about me. And then someone pressed her one day and said, Tell me about Lee. What's Lee doing? I never hear you talk about him. And this is for somebody in this room right now. And she looked at that lady, and she says, Well, Lee. He's working on his testimony. Some of you are carrying the weight of a a child that's gone. Some of you are carrying the weight of making poor decisions. I'm here today to tell you they're working on their testimony. God is going to bring people back. (laughs) Amen. You may feel lost. You may feel really inadequate. But we're going to pray today. And if we're intentional to be faithful in the pursuit and trust God with the outcome, God's going to move in great ways. Let's bow our heads. If you're with your spouse, grab their hand. If you're not with your spouse, keep your hands to yourself. (laughs) Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We speak the name of Jesus to every situation We thank you for this church. I thank you for the amazing leaders in this church. I thank you, Father, for Pastor Steve and Pastor Jennifer and the whole Church of the King family. Lord, I pray, God, over every marriage represented here that you would give us fresh fire to get into the fight again, God, where we're wanting to give up and shrink back, God. Today is a day we are gonna press in full of faith, God, because you, God, have not left us. You've not forsaken us. You didn't bring us together to rip us apart. And, Lord, I thank you for every family represented, God. Teach us how to fight for our families. Teach us how to fight for our own faith. Teach us how to fight for our marriages, Lord. And, God, we promise and we commit today as we leave this building that we are going to be a people who are going to be faithful. We are going to be a people who are going to be fearless. And we are going to be a people who are going to finish well. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you.
3: Wow, what an amazing message today. And actually, as we're wrapping up this series, I can't help but reflect on everything that that I've learned and that we've learned as a couple and as a family and growing in our ability to be better parents, better (laughs) spouses, better friends, and really learning how to do relationships God's way. I do wanna take a second too to talk to those of you who feel like maybe God's stirring something in your heart right now. Maybe you feel like you wanna commit your life to Jesus or to recommit your life to Christ. If that is you, we just wanna say congratulations. We're cheering you on and we believe that, that this is not just the finish line, it's the starting line of an amazing life of following Jesus. Yes, so if that is you, we would love nothing more than to walk alongside you and just encourage you and equip you with some practical tools as you start this new journey in life with Jesus. And so the easiest way for us to be able to do that is by you texting the word DECISION to 822-822 or filling out the short form in the chat room right now so that we can follow up with you and just walk alongside of you and celebrate this new life with Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Well, that wraps up our time together today. I do want to remind you, if you ever miss a message or you want to go back and re-listen to these messages, go to our website, churchoftheking.com, or you can go to our Church of the King YouTube channel. Be sure, be sure to subscribe, and don't miss out on any of these amazing messages that we get to hear every single week. Well, with that being said, we, ra- we are wrapping up our time together today, but we love being with you, and we can't wait to see you here next week, same time. Same place. We love you guys.